From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. It's going to take you know the rest of the year for a lot of businesses to get back to, and to, to close to where they were before. And, and you know we all know that things are going to be a little bit different. But so look look for you know for first half of next year to be sort of normal run rate for economic growth. Um, that certainly seems like a, uh, a reasonable target to shoot for, but the composition will be a little bit different. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, and up in Boston is the birthday boy, Jeff Bookbinder. Jeff, we won't say how old you are, but how was your weekend celebrating a birthday? Probably a little more unique than you expected a couple months ago. Oh, for sure. A little bit of a unique time to celebrate a birthday. Maybe we should start by... Uh... Wishing our CIO, Bert White, a happy birthday. Uh, it was Saturday. And uh, I saw on Twitter a nice uh, picture of uh, some oysters. I know Bert's a big oyster fan. Got a little taste of Boston, even though he lives down go. south now. That's right. Now, what would you do? Did you guys get to get some food carry out, or what would you guys do to celebrate for you? For you? We Sure. We had a little taste in New York because um, uh, my wife sent me some New York cheesecake from uh, Juniors, mm. which I'm sure many of you know. It's really good stuff. So uh, glad to support the restaurant industry and New York uh, in, in that way. Although my, my brother maybe gets uh, you know recognition for having the best present because he's present because he sent me barbecue sauce from Kansas City. And you just you can't beat that with with cheesecake or, or anything else. Kansas City barbecue. Now. I mean, I didn't even think we'd go here. Is that the brother that when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, you didn't hear from for like a day, and last you heard of, he was at the party, uh, the, the parade? Is that that same brother? Uh, it's actually a different brother. Oh. I've got two brothers. Okay. But he he, he was found, right? <laughs> he didn't lose he him, right? He was found. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he was safe and sound. Is he still uh, hungover? So. <laughs> he's over the hangover now? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to report on what beverages he may have enjoyed, but it was uh, it was hey. quite a fun party there. Yeah, hey, you won a Super Bowl. Uh, go seems, for like, it. seems like a long time ago. Yeah, well, that's true. The world, yeah, the world has changed a lot. So let's just dive into it, Jeff. This week's LPL Market Signals podcast. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of, about a lot of different things, but some of the main things we want to hit on. It's first quarter earnings season, and Jeff, you are our earnings guru. So we're gonna talk about first quarter earnings. Also, is this even still a bear market bounce? I mean, we've had a historical bounce the last couple of weeks, and then just kind of going to talk a little bit about the economy. Uh, the latest with COVID-19 and kind of the shape of the recovery of V, a W, um, a U, a square root. There's lots of different little lingos that people like to use. We'll talk about the economy uh, lastly. So, Jeff, it's first quarter earnings season. Um, you know, I know we had some companies report last week, some of the financials, some of the banks. They didn't have the best reactions initially. That could have been more with yields continue to go lower. I mean, you wrote this week's weekly market commentary for us uh, here at LPL, and it's going to probably about, well, by the time people listen to this podcast, it'll be live on LPL.com. What should investors be on the lookout for this first quarter earnings, in your opinion? Well, I think people should be uh, cognizant of the fact that companies have pulled guidance, and there's just an unprecedented amount of uncertainty right now. So when this is done, I think it, if, if investors can just get a sense of what some credible scenarios look like for corporate profits going forward, that, that'll be a win, right? Normally, you know, companies come out with their results. They typically lower their guidance. And then analysts have an idea 
uh, relative to that guidance, where the numbers are going to come in. It's a fairly predictable pattern. Well, not now. Right. This is one of the most unpredictable earnings environments uh, we've ever seen. Estimates are all over the map. So don't expect clarity. Uh, don't expect confidence in estimates over the next few weeks. Um, but um, we'll get a little more information. I, I think the other thing is um, that we are going to separate winners from losers here. Uh, you know, one loser, unfortunate loser today um, is, is oil, which I know yes. we're going to talk about. Right. Energy companies, it was already tough uh, coming into this downturn and uh it, it's just getting tougher and tougher every day so we're going to hear just how tough it is from the uh, energy sector uh but you know at the same time there's a number of companies that are well positioned for this environment right we've we've been calling them the stay-at-home stock so certainly we're going to get good numbers out of uh, the internet names out of uh consumer staples that are helping us stock our shelves you know i have a grocery delivery sitting downstairs that i'm going to go to right after we recorded this, Ryan. So there will be winners and losers, and I would say that the gap between winners and losers is about as wide as I can ever uh, remember it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so a lot of us obviously have our kids working, not working from home, learning from home. A lot of parents obviously working from home. And I was trying to buy a Chromebook the other day, Jeff, uh, for my son, Gus, the youngest one. We've got two Chromebooks, three kids. Well, we've quickly come to the point where they all need their own Chromebook to do work because obviously it's looking more and more like there's going to be no school the rest of this year, and they're doing more of the Zoom classes and learning like that. Anyway, so I try to buy a Chromebook it, it, like Amazon. It is really hard to get one like Prime two days later. I mean, you can't like because I think everybody's in a similar boat to uh, the Dietrich household, and you think about those companies that are really holding in there. <clears throat> Technology, I mean, tech, tech lagged a little bit on Friday, but for the most part, tech has really held in there well, um, and I think a lot of it is because of that. You know, like the, the Bert made the joke at a call we had last week. How LPL bought, I don't know, something like a thousand laptops because we had to send a bunch of people home. So you think about some things like that. And as people realize, once we do come back to normal and things get a little more normal, um, you know, maybe people will work from home more. You know, once we're used to it and figured out, that would mean a little more technology and a little more spending maybe for some tech things at home. So just kind of, kind of unique, um, well, very unique what we're seeing. Um, Let's go to your order downstairs. What anything good in there? Any sweets? What 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 just got delivered to the bookbinder household, Jeff? I kind of wonder what you guys eat. The, the highlight certainly was the cheesecake yesterday. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say um, it's mostly some frozen meals today uh, and a little bit of produce. You know, we've been getting from a few places, and uh, it, it's just been tough to get orders in mm -hmm. sometimes. Yep. So you have to, uh, you know, pick and choose what you get when and where uh but mostly it's been you know frozen meals and and, and produce yeah no that's um well it's kind of sad isn't it i miss the, i miss eating out i like to eat out i tell you i like sonic sonic's a good one where you can still go sit in the car if you know the rest of the world has sonic but it's a nice place get some fast food but <clears throat> you can sit in your car that way you don't have to talk to anybody or see anybody or breathe on anyone and you get a nice burger so that's a, a winner for the dietrich household but jeff any other last minute comments on first quarter earnings and then we can kind of get to some other uh, subjects here something besides food maybe it's important for people to focus on what a more normal earnings environment will look like next year and that's that's why or one of the reasons why stocks are doing pretty well here relative to where we were a couple of months ago certainly I mean, we're still down um 
maybe around 15% as we record this from the peak, but that's certainly better than down 30. Uh, as oh, yeah. we look to next year, I mean, this year, the a typical recession haircut to earnings is something around uh, 20%. If it's short-lived recession, it's not during a financial crisis. Sometimes you get less than that. This, of course, will be uh, a fairly deep recession, but also short-lived. So the hit turnings might be a little bigger than that, but the rebound is going to be strong too. So as you're you know, reading about what companies say this earnings season, uh, we would be thinking about what's really a, a permanent loss of business, permanent loss of, in, uh, of earnings power, and what's not. Uh, good, good points there. So really famous quote that I like, Sir John Templeton said, people who think they know all the answers probably don't even know the questions. And you think about it with markets right now, one of the big questions we continue to hear is how in the world can stocks be up as much as they are the last three or four weeks, yet the economy, you know, record drops in manufacturing, productivity, industrial productivity. I, mean, I, I can go on and on. 22 million people filed for initial claims the last um, the last four weeks. It's, it's safe to say unemployment rate in the United States is somewhere probably in the high teens. Uh, we'll get more data later, but again, 22 million people losing their jobs. Yet the stock market keeps bouncing, Jeff. So that's the question. You know, is this still a bear market rally? That's what we've called it. You know, the last two weeks, the S&P gained over 15%, uh, 12% two weeks ago, 3% last week. Uh, that's one of the best two-week rallies since October of 1974, which wasn't the worst time as the economy started to bottom and stocks started to go higher. Um, previous times, we saw some big bounces like that were March 2009 and August of 1982. What I'm getting at, all of those times were after bear markets, but there were also times the economy was not too far away from improving and, and stocks were leading. We talked last week how stocks tend to a bottom about five months ahead of the end of a recession. I mean, Jeff, you know, this this rally's crazy. Um, you know, sell off a little bit Monday morning as we record this due to oil dropping, but hey, a little bit of a break is is deserved. What do you think? Is this still a bear market bounce or is the bear market over and it's just off to the races? Tough question to ask, I think or answer. I think this is yeah, it's easy probably, to ask. It's, it's tough to answer. Yeah, it's easy to ask. <laughs> I'll ask I'll ask the tough ones. <laughs> That's right. So where where will stocks be in a month? Uh, let me turn it back to you. No, the um, this the the lows from late March. Uh, odds are that those will prove to be durable lows. Uh, that would require a pretty significant pullback from here to break those lows. Uh, given that the threat here, um, it's an enormous threat, but it is still, as we see it. A, a temporary threat, and if the market can see the end of this with tr medical treatments and vaccines, and you know, falling numbers of cases, falling numbers of hospitalizations, and all of that, and then a gradual and very targeted reopening of the economy, then I think stocks uh, will end up, uh, you know, having a the, the bull market start on March 23rd. But it's at the same time we think we've gone too far too fast. Given, you know how much bad economic news uh, is is yet to come, and companies, you know, we're just beginning to see uh, the stress that companies are under here. The stimulus helps plug the gap a lot. I mean, we we just did this math uh, 
you know, this morning, I think it's 21% of GDP in stimulus from the Fed and from policymakers in D.C. That is, that, that, that is going to go a long way to plugging this hole and helping companies get through to the other side. But at the same time, you know, some are talking about how stock valuations are now, uh, relative to earnings, right. are now at or above the levels they were at the peak. Right? The, now, you can't really, you don't want to value stocks based on depressed earnings. But nonetheless, uh, stocks are getting to the point where on, on, a, on a near-term earnings outlook, they're starting to look a little expensive again. Yeah, and the last time we talked about that was late January. I mean, we talked in late January, and this was <laughs> feels like a lifetime ago. But, you know, stocks were making new highs. Things were good. The economy is turning around. And we talked about in late January where sentiment had gotten too optimistic, valuations were high, and we opened the door for some type of a correction or pullback in February or March. Of course, we had no idea it would be almost a 35% correction in the S&P, but that's kind of how things uh, – Kind of how things tend to happen, it feels like. Now, Jeff, some numbers around this. Ending on April 14th, the previous 15 trading days, the S&P was up 27.2%. That is one of the greatest 15-day rallies of all time. you got to go back before World War II and the Great Depression, the last time we saw something like that. We took a look at the previous 10 largest times the S&P had gained as uh, you know well over 20 you know 15 20% or so in a in a very short time frame what we found was pretty amazing 6 months later S&P higher 9 out of 10 times a year later S&P higher 10 out of 10 times almost 22% on average so what I want to try to point out here yes out of those previous 10 times none of them had a global pandemic with the global economy virtually shut down at the same time there were worries after every one of those because they were coming off of bear markets. Markets had a substantial rally in the near term that was doubted. And then you look back um, six to 12 months from now and stocks were actually significantly higher. What I want to really point out, though, a lot of those times, one to two months later, you had some pretty good pullbacks. And I think that's where we are and that's where we think things will be. But this is just a blast of strength that is historic. And I'm saying not saying anything we don't know when we've seen this rally, but it amazes me. From a sentiment point of view, just the negativity, whether it be on Twitter, you put a positive tweet out, just just get pounded by people who really, truly, apparently hate this rally and they hate the Fed and they hate what's going on. And I get it. Probably a lot of people have lost their jobs and it's just terrible what's happened. But it's so important from an investments point of view to kind of separate those two things a little bit with all the fiscal policy and monetary policy you just mentioned. That could be the market's way of looking forward, saying, oh, maybe stocks could uh, potentially be a – be a little bit higher. I mean, Jeff, any closing comments kind of on the, the difference between stocks and the economy here? I'd, I'd say that the market has probably never been more forward-looking than it's been here yep. over the last few weeks. And that's really the way the way it should be. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Right? I mean, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, the majority of the value of a stock is, is in the out years, right? So um, I, I don't want to say that what happens this quarter next doesn't matter. But again, people are going to be doing that calculation. Um, how much of this weakness is permanent and how much is temporary? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that got me back in February was the action in the bond market and, for that matter, oil. Um, both yields were just dropping consistently in February. And we all were looking around like, what the bond market know that the stock market doesn't know? And oil was crashing as well. And sure enough, we now know that the bond market was freaking out 
for the correct reasons because the global economy came to a standstill. Jeff, the one thing that worries me a little bit about the action is oil can't find a bottom. I mean, you think about early 2016, oil bottomed, and that's when the stock market finally made a major low in February of 16. But also just the action in yields. Yields can't get off the mat. I mean, two-year yield is kind of that one that matches what the Fed is potentially doing. And that that shows no sign of bouncing. I mean, to me, I'd much rather see yields starting to bounce to show the bond market is finally buying what the stock market's selling. What do you think? Should we should, is, the, is the bond market wrong this time? Is the stock market right? Or is it like February where the bond market was very right and the stock market was wrong? Yeah, even though I'm mainly an equity guy, I'll, I'll even give a, a little more of a nod to the bond market side here. I mean, clearly, we're not going to see any inflation for quite some time. Now, we have this pressure on yield, downward pressure from negative rates overseas, and that hasn't changed, certainly. So our yields are are anchored. Um, and then, you know, if you look at uh, some of the more structural uh, impediments to inflation, right? Like, I mean, we are all shopping online. You can price compare, right? You did that with your Chromebook experience, Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, so people aren't overpaying. We have, unfortunately, a lot of slack in the labor market. So, you know, whereas uh, employees were getting some leverage and seeing some decent wage gains next year, uh, last year, then the coming year, uh, certainly uh, those are going to be much tougher to come by. And that's a big piece of inflation for, for folks in the U.S. And then you add the oil piece to it which certainly drives inflation. And it, it is just really hard to see uh, any inflation anytime soon. So we're going to be in this low inflation, low rate environment for a while longer. Uh, but hopefully when markets start to see more evidence of economic recovery, we'll start to get a little bit of a better signal from yields uh, and they can catch up to what the equity markets are signaling right now. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this one before, but Dr. Copper, historically, the way copper trades, it, you can overlay the 10-year yield, and there's some very significant similarities. Copper's trying to carve out a bottom. It's up a little bit today. I mean, if copper can bottom, what, what's going on there? Well, clearly China, right? China buys more copper than anybody. And when China was in trouble a couple months ago, copper was obviously very, very weak, along with yields. So maybe that's one little positive is the fact that copper is, is, is stopped going down, I guess. We'll, take, we'll we'll just go with minor victories. It stopped going down. But Jeff, one thing also that caught my attention, we, we talked, you know, how this is not a financial crisis. This is a business crisis. I don't want to get too geeky here, but if you look at like Bank of America and JP Morgan, obviously two of the largest financial institutions in the world, their five-year credit default swaps had a major spike a couple weeks ago, meaning there was worry about the underlying business model. And those have come in significantly, near near almost to the recent lows. So, you know, the, the stress that we saw a couple weeks ago um, has drastically come back in. Um, you know, Boeing was obviously the poster child for a company that really has been impacted by this slowdown. Now, Boeing on Friday said they might start making planes as early as this week, and their stock did really, really well on Friday. I mean, so, you know, again, there's so many data points to look at. But to me, the credit markets have really come back in. Um, you know, people are lending again. Confidence is slowly coming back. Um, you know, what, what's your take there? Yeah, I mean, this, this is what happened in 2008, right? Uh, people will, were worried about businesses surviving. Mm -hmm, right. And right now, certainly in some of the hardest hit areas, uh, there are still concerns about whether companies will survive. Certainly, small businesses, and you know, that's 
that's where the stimulus comes in. We just got more funding, or it looks like we're going to get more funding yeah. for the small business loans of the program uh, under the CARES Act. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, travel-related businesses uh, or businesses that rely on a lot of a lot of people gathering in one place. We just got a department store filing for bankruptcy here uh, over the last, uh, I guess, 24 hours. So you're, you're going to see uh, some more of that. But if you look at more broadly, uh, the big companies, especially with the strongest balance sheets and the most stable earnings profiles, uh, the market's not worried. And certainly the market is not worried about the biggest banks, you know, some of the names you just mentioned, because, uh, you know, bets on bankruptcy are really uh, showing extremely long odds here. Yeah, and that's the key point, right? I mean, in 2008, we had issues of every major bank. You could have just thrown a dart at one of them, and we could have worried if that was they were going to go out of business. But again, looking at the five-year credit default swaps on various large banks, that's not the case at all, so that's a positive. Jeff, we we could talk about this stuff all day. We've got maybe two or three minutes. So let's talk about the last thing, which is just kind of a, and we've done it already, I think, but kind of a, a economic roundup and what the economic recovery might look like. Uh, ben Bernanke in early 2019, when, again, the economy was moving along just fine, he said expansions don't die of old age. They get murdered. Well, I, that's a very strong way to put it with everything going on, but clearly this economic expansion of 129 months in a row of growth Ended in March. Uh, we're now in a recession. Um, and, you know, what's it look like on the other side, Jeff? I mean, you know, there's the V formation, which is as quickly as you go down, you go back up. There's a W formation, which means you have a little bit of a bounce, and then you go back down. There's the square root one, which means you go up a little bit, then just stagnant. Um, there's what a U, where things stay bad for a while before you go up. What in the world? I mean, a lot of letters. I think was, I think that's most of them, right? What do you think we should look like um, on the economic side of things when we finally get an economic recovery? We're we're probably going to be more like a a long U, um, but it's going to be leaning a little bit to the right, yep. <laughs> right? I mean, we went. I mean, obviously, the, well, the left side was a kindergartner U, if you will. <laughs> there you go. We'll a, trademark a squiggly, that. A squiggly lopsided U. Yeah. There you go. That's really catchy. Um, it's going to take clearly, you know, the rest of the year for um, a lot of businesses to get back to, and to to close to where they were before. And, and you know, we all know that things are going to be a little bit different. But uh, this is not going to be a V uh, where um, we'll be back to the levels of economic activity. Uh, that we saw late last year in Q3. Yep. It's just, it's not, I wish that's the case, but I hope it is, but it's just not um, not likely here at, the, at this point. So look look for, you know, for first half of next year to be sort of normal run rate for economic growth. Um, that certainly seems like a, uh, a reasonable target to shoot for, but the composition will be a little bit different. Uh, absolutely. Great points there. So, Jeff, I'm going to bring us home here. Thanks again, Jeff, for joining this week. Do have some good news. My son, August, the one I'm trying to buy a Chromebook for, he lost a tooth. And I'm happy to report that the tooth fairy does not have the coronavirus because she came to our house this weekend, and he was legit worried. He was, well, she's old, and she might have the coronavirus. But anyway, good news is the tooth fairy's out doing her job. And slowly, it looks like corporate America is going to come out and do more of our jobs down the line. And, um, you know, thank you to everyone who continues to listen to our podcast. Um, you know, it means so much to us. I've, I've got some friends, a lot of people in this industry that do it. And I guess overall, podcast views have gone down 
you know, recently, you think about it, people aren't in their cars, right? I mean, it makes sense. Not on a train, not in their car, not traveling. But I can tell you this podcast hasn't. We've hit a continued record number of listens. So we really appreciate everyone coming back um, every week. And we're going to keep on doing it as long as you guys keep listening. And with that, this wraps up the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Thank you, Jeff. And thanks, everybody out there listening. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.